0: RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. So, here at Reality Check Radio, one of the things we like to do is hear people's stories. And st- when I say stories, I mean stories that we haven't really heard that have been, yeah, in a way, suppressed by omission. They haven't been talked about in any of our media. So, we like to do it here. And we've already done that a few times, as you know. I want to welcome to the program, joining us, Delwyn McKenzie music teacher for most of her working life, and she has a story to tell. Delwyn, welcome to Reality Check Radio. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Paul. My privilege.
0: It's a pleasure. So I am picking, we'll hear the story, but I'm picking that this will run to similar points along the way to many people's stories. Would I be right?
1: Definitely. I hear similar things that, that have happened to me with other teachers, Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. okay so music teacher you have to be into music to be a music teacher or have parents who are music teachers
1: yeah huh? I, I really didn't stand a chance um, me and my four siblings were are all um, uh, a musical family and my parents were the local music teachers in the Waikato area actually and um, something I took for granted growing up was the fact that we had a a caravan with a piano in the back, and they used to drive around all the local schools with their mobile studio and um, and teach in their little studio at the school uh, in the caravan. And we'd catch the Royal road services bus after school, me and my next sister up to wherever they were, and join them, go to sleep in the back of the caravan and get driven home. Uh,
0: <laughs> like the Partridge family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not so, really.
1: Well, it was it was a different life that we just took for granted. But uh, we woke up every morning to music pupils coming for their lessons and things like that. So, yeah, musical family.
0: And you got the bug to do it yourself to become a music teacher, presumably from that. I mean, quite a few kids follow in their parents' footsteps, but you've got to want to do it, right?
1: I didn't uh, think I ever would, to be honest. I was interested in ethnomusicology, um, study of music and culture um, when I did my music degree, but um, then I, I was also interested in composing, so I didn't see myself as a teacher, but um, but actually I've been able to combine both of those and, and, and being a teacher and, and composing. I compose stuff for my, my students, which I just love doing, and, um, you know, like if a student has a... a something that's tricky, that isn't been covered in the where they're, they're at in, in, their, in their book. I might write something that suits them um, and give them ownership of something special that's for them. So that makes the teaching really fun. Um, yeah, so both of those things are a big part of me,
0: yeah. You're the ideal person to ask because I've been in music radio for years and played thousands of songs and been exposed to, to a lot of music, usually in the popular area and I've never come up with an answer really, why do we like music so much? Why why does it connect so deeply? I yeah, mean, plenty goes, of things could connect yeah. deeply, but music it just goes like all the way in.
1: It does, absolutely. I was going to say, it, it, I, I've had people come up to me when I've been playing cello, you know, um, the, the cello goes somewhere where nothing else goes, you know. I've had people come up and say that to me, you know. And um, so I, I, I think it's... Um, yeah, it, it definitely, it goes to our inner emotions, yeah. It also affects, I think, in, in terms of teaching, it actually um, affects both sides of your brain too. You know, you, you, everything's working when music's happening. Um, so it, it really, yeah, it goes, and, and it's often ignored in the education world too because it's just music, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you can't it, just, you can't say it's just music. I know. I mean, who who can say that? Uh, uh, music yeah. is almost everything yeah. in life. Imagine it without music. It'd be yeah. horrible. Hey. it torture.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Anyway, I've always wanted to ask someone who knew a lot about music, that question. I <laughs>
1: don't right answer, but
0: anyway. <laughs> well, you wouldn't say, no, no, it's just it's, it's, it's a hobby or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. no. All right, so you embark on, you, you get your degree and you sort of embark on a career in that area. And pretty well a normal working life, I take it. Um, obviously, things come along. I think you were overseas uh, for a period as well, quite a period back in the mid 2000s, 2005. So it was just like uh, bumping along like a regular person in that sort of career would be bumping along.
1: Yeah, when we came back from living overseas, um, I was looking to, um, you know, my husband had been sitting on a computer a lot of the time, and so he was looking to doing something more practical. He said, I'm going to wash the dishes while you teach music. And um, That's a great offer. (laughs) It was, and he's amazing. And uh, so he's um, uh, been supporting the whole um, music teaching thing. Um, so that's exactly what we started doing. I started um, running a music school. i got a job teaching in piano and strings and running this music school, government sponsored music school called Shirley District yeah. music School. Uh, in Christchurch area and um, just loved doing that for about 13 years. But alongside that, a lot of those students would go to high school and the school didn't cover high school. And so I started teaching them privately um, when they, they couldn't get tuition at that school. And so right. I got some lovely students through there that I'd been teaching um, through, the, through the scheme. And then... Um, they- have
0: any made it? Have any made it into a like a professional music career that you I know it's not easy to do that
1: yeah no no I've got one, one we girl went off and she did uh, jazz school and she's playing at some local restaurant um in town uh she's done really well yeah uh, I think another another lad went on did his uh letters and his he um he did yeah he did well um yeah, so I I think my my forte has been getting kids off to a great start. That's actually my my favourite thing of all, because if you don't have a good start, you 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 you'll be one of those people who says, "Oh, I'm really sorry, I gave up the piano." Um, I'm one
0: of those people. Are you? What well, was my you mother is a great piano player, and she oh. wanted us to play, and we gave it a go. All of us actually. Mm. There's four of us, and. You Know when you got your mates outside on bikes, come on, come on, and, and all those things. But I regret that now, actually, a bit. But, but I mean, I'm a big boy, I could pick it up again. I'm a, you yeah. know, I've still got yeah. up here, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you've got to be more motivated when you're a kid, you, yeah, you know. But, but
1: I, I really, really think that 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 is, um, you know, I've, I've heard people say oh this instrument's good for a beginner or you know or you know so so so-and-so could teach he's got a few skills he could teach beginners and I think teaching beginners is a real skill in itself to make them want to not only start but keep going and 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 to kind of if a parent says I want to see if he likes it that's kind of one of the worst things really (laughs) kind of he might not like it, and there was then we'll stop. I kind of no, give it a give it a year, and then decide.
0: And- yeah, he might not like it in the first few weeks or months, but yeah. maybe a bit longer.
1: Give me a just- year with like- him, and I'll make sure he doesn't give it up. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sign them so, up. Mm-hmm. All right. So then the dreaded uh, COVID comes along, and mm-hmm. this is where I think we'll find a, a similar pattern in your experience to others we've talked to. You've got a, a you know a, a career going. You've got a reputation. You've got a body of work. You're a professional, but mm, that's not enough, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the um, I was working in, I had three school contracts where I was teaching piano in schools during the day because often it's easy to get uh, lessons. Ch- children coming to to your home after school. So you fill up those t- slots really quickly as a teacher, but to have school contracts as a private piano tutor is really um, helpful. Um, yeah. And so I had, um, after I left the, um, I actually had to leave the the government school I was running because um, we had our, lost our house in the earthquakes
0: and in, in Christchurch. Oh, really? So. Okay. We That's a bit bone. of a blow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Because I was in my community. We had um we were red zoned and um and then we moved out of town to rebuild. Um so that actually took away my my kind of uh community I was teaching in. Um so I had to kind of start again with um my teaching I started teaching out of town and going into into town for these school contracts and uh so were, it, were
0: you in the house when the quake hit? Just curious.
1: Was, yeah.
0: What was it like?
1: Uh, I felt like a train was going to come through. It was coming through the house. We we. It was terrifying, frightening. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I I, know, I've I been through quite in... a few
0: earthquakes here in Wellington, and the big one. Yeah. But I I don't think it was anywhere near what you experienced.
1: No, we. I I was I was staying in bed, and my husband got into the wardrobe. And said, Get in the wardrobe. <laughs> 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 <We're still here. laughs>
0: so, Found later in the wardrobe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was it was terrifying, and I think you no, know, our kids we had three kids in the house at the time, young people. Um, yeah, all different experiences. Yeah, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah,
0: and uh, so red sticker that means um, not fit for human habitation, doesn't it?
1: We thought we'd be able to live there, but then a builder said, no, no, there are cracks in the bricks in the house, not just around the mortar side. And then the next, yeah, we were in and in, in the by the river. And so one of the first areas to, to get hit in the first quake.
0: And did you get caught up? We'll get, sorry, we'll we'll get back on track in a moment, but <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm always interested to talk to people who've been through disasters. So did you get held up on all the insurance and stuff like that? Because that was a big problem, wasn't it? Everything went really slow.
1: Right. For us, because we were among the first affected, we actually got a really good case manager, and I thank God for him because he was amazing. he He just said, "I'll be with you until you have a new house." Oh, that's cool. And right. he so we were very fortunate, and we knew we knew of other situations that weren't so fortunate because they didn't have that um that you know that kind of help. so we as state insurance were amazing, they were we were among the fortunate ones because we're among the first to be affected in that first right. way. yeah it's
0: always good being first.
1: <laughs> didn't know it at the time.
0: No, in hindsight. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, boy, you know, you dodged one there. So you moved out of town and, and sort of reset your life kind of, it was right? a little,
1: Yeah, it definitely was. So, yeah. So I was really happy to have these school contracts. And then when um, the first thing that happened with COVID was um, we heard about this COVID injection and I, we heard that it was um, that 2023 was when it was going to be. Um, what's the word approved?
0: Yeah, approved and, and available. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so we thought, okay, well, we'll wait till twenty twenty three. Um, end of story. I thought, you know, and um, and then realized that there was more encouragement for it. And then when the mandates came along, um, uh, I, my father died when I was twenty five of blood clotting issues, and so I went to the doctor and said, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about the fact that you know. I've heard that there are some things to do with clotting. Um, and he said, okay, well, we can, on the basis of your family, yeah, definitely we can look for an exemption for you.
0: Oh, so no real pushback?
1: No, good good doctor. Yeah. And, um, and uh, he said I'm, I, he was for the vaccine, but, um, but he understood that from that family perspective, he agreed that it probably wouldn't be a good idea and was suggesting I go for the NOVA, whatever it was, um, the other one, there was yeah. one coming through. So he thought we should wait for that. Um, so he, he, he didn't
0: know what. By the way, he didn't know what he was talking about when he was telling you that, right? Because okay. there was no data. No. Uh, it, it was just. You, a, it was just a, like a cold call, you know, like, a random call. Yeah,
1: I, I don't you know. But to he was willing, to, at least he was willing to go for the exemption.
0: I oh, know, I know, I know, but um, uh, you know, yeah, when they're telling true. you things like they know them when they don't actually know them, anyway. So then the
1: next day I get a phone call from him saying that actually uh, that exemption is not going to work. He'd gone to the trouble of getting me an exemption and everything, and the next day said basically it's not going to be allowed. uh, um,
0: On the basis of?
1: um, Because we, we didn't know. It was just medical exemptions were going through this other place. I don't know who was deciding what was going to be exempted and what wasn't.
0: It's Um, interesting because uh, we've uh, talked to other people who have had either exemptions that they try to get for themselves or family members mm -hmm. turned down, Mm -hmm. and they've looked into it, and they were turned down by quite high-up people, actually. Some of them went very high up, and people Mm -hmm. have heard those stories. But it turns out that basically bureaucrats were making those decisions. When doctors were making recommendations, (laughs) people – who really knew nothing about what they were doing, were refusing them. I just don't know how you could ever think you could do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm mean, i stunned every time I hear about it, i got to say.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I thought that was a way through for me. And I just wanted to say, too, that the only reason I was going down this track was because of the amazing advice from the um, Voices for Freedom girls. Um, okay. Yeah, they yeah. were incredible. I mean, I was glued to their webinars every week be- around about that time because this mandate business was coming and we didn't know what on earth to do. And they were just on top of it, and I didn't want to listen to anybody else. They they because they were giving so much helpful information. Just even even things like um, I remember they, at one point um, one of them said, um, you know, just be aware that your employer is trying to figure their way through this as well. Mm. And, um, you know, so be nice,
0: <laughs> be
1: nice. <laughs> it felt like be nice. Ending, yeah. but yeah. being nice, but it was just solid advice, actually. Um, I mean, I'm, I usually try to be nice and I thought, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm, okay. I'm going through a rough patch here, but it's fair. I should be nice. They're trying to navigate this too. So just even advice like that was really helpful. And, um, and so uh, going for the medical exemption, that was their advice as well. And, you know, look for ways that you can stay in your job potentially and, and so on. So that's why I was going down those tracks. It was it was all their advice. Um, just saying,
0: yeah. I'm talking with mandated music teacher Delwyn McKenzie. Okay. So as the whole thing tightened up, because it did, it, it, it really started to tighten up. It was obvious. Um, did you... Well, not getting the exemption. Did you think, oh, okay, um, could be in for a few problems here with the work I've got? Those contracts that yeah. you have. Yeah. When did that dawn on you?
1: Um, well, when and when I realised that I wasn't going to be going to be able to get the exemptions because I'd already had letters from the schools saying if you do not have a um, valid uh, COVID injection and what have you, you cannot come on the premises. They were quite confronting letters, that uh, you cannot come on the premises, and 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 that was that um so um i i think when i was coming towards the end of one of my contracts was with a school where i was teaching a junior orchestra i'd been doing it for 13 years and i loved this little orchestra um because i would write music um that would suit each player and i'd make sure that each player felt confident with what they were doing so um Uh, And one of the things we would do through the year is that once they performed a piece, I'd get each member of the orchestra to have a turn at conducting the orchestra. And sometimes I'd play their instrument, unless it was a flute or recorder or something. I'd play a violin or whatever it was uh, while they conducted. But the whole orchestra would learn how to conduct and so, um, I, and they loved it. And so I had been working through getting all the kids to have a turn at conducting the orchestra on this piece. They all knew how to play. And I, I thought, right, I'm going to make sure that my, what I think will be my last time there, probably. Oh, that's sad. I'm going to make sure that everybody who hasn't had a turn yet at conducting gets that turn to conduct. So it was my own way of kind of closing it out.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. What were the kids like about it? They didn't know. Okay. They didn't know it was their
1: last time with me. Oh, dear. And I never got any comment from any parent, any teacher. I did get the, the nice letter from the DP, though. So I would
0: good. have thought there would have been something from parents who would have been appreciating, you'd think, the work you're putting in and the difference that was making. In normal circumstances, you'd expect yeah. something, wouldn't
1: you? You would. You would. Yeah, oh. I mean, I used to get, um, I, I knew I was doing a good job because parents often would come and thank me for, for what had happened. You know, uh, uh, you know, kids, I know one little boy joined that orchestra. His parents wanted him to join because they were musicians in the local orchestra, and they would run around the school to find him because he was too terrified to come to orchestra that first time. And I said to him, all you have to do is sit there with your instrument, just sit there, don't worry, you don't have to play, just watch the other kids.
0: That makes it easy or easier.
1: And, and he no said, pressure. said settle down. And he saw this other little trumpet player open his case up, get his trumpet out and start playing. And he thought, well, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and Not rocket science. And and within a few weeks, uh, he was he was right into it. He ended up, it, it was his favourite day of the week at school. Um, and uh, so I knew I was making an impact. And and so I have to take that and say that's fine. I was, I'm grateful I was able to and put into those kids' lives the way that I was able to do for that period of
0: time. Have you thought much about why, you know, again, this is a common theme, why some were so, it was so easy for some to throw people under the bus, you know, and just to not care and just to, you know, emotionally detach almost it's instantaneously. It,
1: it's quite incredible actually, isn't it?
0: It is. I think it is. Yeah. It's not normal. It was yeah, not in my I, experience. I either. mean, I'm
1: not a nasty person. So, I mean, I don't think I'm a nasty person. And, and- you were trying
0: to kill Granny. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but that might have been the mindset. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. Um, all right. So, you got nice letters from the the people who had the uh, business arrangement with? So
1: that was that was fine. And I had two other schools. One, the principal gave me a phone call and said, so this is it, is it? And I said, yeah. And we'd had a long association with her. Um, my husband had worked for, in her school. And um, so we knew her really well. So I was glad that she phoned. Um, uh, but that was that. And then um, the head of music from the other school that I was uh, doing it one day a week um, sent me a nice letter. Uh, But nothing from the school. That's fine. Yeah.
0: I guess um, at the official level, you have to minimize the communication because anything could come back to bite you, Mm, right? I mean, they could say, you wrote her a nice letter. (laughs) (laughs) That means that you weren't on board with the program. You're gone. Something like that.
1: I hadn't thought of that. But, um, yeah, I know that I got better treatment than a lot of people did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Okay. But so all is not lost as it's turned out. Because you've actually, have you gone to a better place?
1: Well, it's interesting. I've come back to, in a a way, to what my parents did, and that was full-time music teaching. That was their full-time thing, and they taught from home. And um, so I'm teaching from my home now, um, and I I got some students who, who have come to me who were also not allowed to go to their music teachers, um, because um, there were some some music teachers who said I'm not teaching vac- un- unvaccinated ch- children. Oh
0: dear, really? So
1: I had some of those students come to me, yeah.
0: This thing goes so far and wide, doesn't it? It affects virtually everyone mm-hmm. at some level, yeah. even the the children or the kids aren't immune. So um, in your position what you do now, are you noticing any changes out there? We've heard a bit about, um, and there have been people interviewed on some of the RCR shows that have talked about this. That uh, you know, kids are being taken out of you know the traditional education now. That that parents are sort of losing confidence in the school system and taking matters into their own hands. Yeah. Uh, are you seeing that at all from absolutely. your Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I uh, where I had school contracts, I've now got um, homeschool co- um, parents coming to me for lessons. Um, so I've got as many students as I want to have. Basically, um, I I don't have a problem um, having students. I've got a problem fitting them in. Um, and um, you know, and I'm and I'm they're such wonderful people. Um, and you know, even this morning before I came on this interview, I had a, a parent telling me that they're looking at. Taking their their child to uh, a different school from what they were planning to because uh going to private school because they do not want their child going to the state school. So um yeah. So and or homeschooling. Homeschooling at high school level. That's that's a big ask for some.
0: It is, yeah. Primaries are easier done, but yeah. Um <laughs> that's secondary. how some
1: parents are feeling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad it turned out. How are you feeling now? Are you positive and
1: yeah no I'm I'm grateful for the way things have turned out I'm I'm, I know I'm among the fortunate ones because I've heard on RCR the the stories of those who haven't um haven't had it so good. some
0: some people have been treated so badly and it's really been hard for them to take and no surprise there and so cruel and heartless and that's that's not New Zealand that I grew up in no I've got to say I know we've always been on the tall poppies and relentlessly egalitarian but communities did look out for each other and people engaged with each other. And that just seemed to be blown yeah. apart.
1: I mean, I think it's so, I'm so grateful that I, I was able to say to all my parents, um, you know, if you, I'm, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine, but I won't be wearing a mask in my home um, and nobody wore masks. You know, and so that, that's well, because
0: they knew Del and they knew it was all a performative act.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And nobody asked where my QR code was either. I didn't have one of them. You
0: didn't have one of those on the on the door, the front Not door. Not
1: one person asked me for it over that this whole period of time. I have never been asked where my QR code is.
0: And that what that tells me is that that people don't necessarily agree with these things, but they just don't feel they can stand up and be seen to be different. They have to go with it. Yeah. Um, And I can understand why that would be. So how long do you think you'll stay doing this? Is this, this is just a continuation of the career, isn't it really?
1: Oh, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it at the moment. I can't see it ending anytime soon. Um, Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. Well, my mother bought until she was 83, I think it was. So
0: Great. Well, my mother's 80 plus and still a part-time. Teacher, there we go. so yeah. it seems to be a very a lot of longevity in, in that profession. Yeah, and it's election year. What do you want to see happen in election year? You don't have to answer that, mm-hmm. but if you if you want to, I'd be interested to know.
1: I'd love to see New Zealand change completely from what's going, what's happening. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really concerned about um, the the whole uh, attitude to women that's happening. That's just um, incredible. I'd love to see um, that whole thing turn around. Um, I've got a guest staying with me at the moment who's uh, who was at the Posy Parker thing. Um, uh, that that whole thing is just unbelievable. What happened there? Um, anybody? It's kind.
0: It's to- kind of a cringe, really, isn't it? It's yeah. it's very cringy, very cheesy, very cringy.
1: Yeah, there's a whole lot of. Um, there are a whole, whole lot of things that the, the government has, has put through without consultation from the New Zealand people. And, and, and I'm really concerned about that. So, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks for coming on and, and having a chat with us. As we, you know, as I said at the start, like to hear the stories of real people who have gone through, you know, their own particular ordeal, though it doesn't sound like it was too bad for you compared to some we've uh, talked Absolutely. to. Here. Yeah. yeah. No. So I'm very
1: very grateful, but, uh, you know, I didn't ever ever expect that sort of stuff to happen to me.
0: No. Hmm? I know what you mean. Yeah. All right. Okay, Delwyn McKenzie, music teacher, thanks so much for coming on RCR. All the best. Thanks for having me, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.